a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Shootings in Grantsville. Special coverage on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Live Mike is what we call this show, episode 25 today. Throughout the day, as you heard just there in that rejoiner, they call it when that big voice speaks and reintroduces the program. We've been covering the terrible tragedy, the shooting in Grantsville, Utah. It's a small community west of Salt Lake City, about 35 miles or so. Uh, 11,000 people live out there. They have uh, some schools and a police department, and that community uh, has been rocked uh, by absolute tragedy. Over the weekend, we learned that uh, uh, four people had been shot and killed, a fifth uh, who was shot and injured and recovering. Uh, a few details uh, beyond that had emerged until uh, just today in Grantsville, the police department hosted a press conference uh, where we learned the identities of the victims and their ages. KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson was there, and he joins us now. Paul, sir, how are you? I'm hanging in there. Kind of rough details to hear, especially since so many uh, people are wondering, why did this happen in the first place? And um, the police even mentioned that was one of the questions that they can't give us the answer to just yet, even though so many people want to know why this happened at all. Motive. It's always a big, giant question mark when a terrible, unthinkable tragedy befalls us. What did we learn during today's press conference, Paul? Well, we did confirm the identities of the people who died. Um, the first one that did pass away was the mother, uh, Consuelo Anson Alejandra Haney. She is a 52-year-old woman who passed away. Apart from that, there was also 15-year-old Alexis Haney, 14-year-old Matthew Haney, and 12-year-old Malin Haney. Those all, all four of those people were found dead inside the house. Colin Haney is the father. He, he was taken to the hospital. He has since been released. And in the meantime, he's asking for privacy. And uh, the family doesn't want to talk about that. But uh, he has uh, gone home. And uh, apparently, he is uh, cooperating with the investigators as they're trying to figure out what happened. However, the shooter himself uh, reportedly is not talking. And we have yet to learn the identity officially of the suspect. Is that correct? That is true, although they did say um, they gave us some big details about we uh, it is believed that he is a member of the family. But because he's a juvenile, they are not releasing his identity or even his age at this point. I've heard reports that the that the suspect was arrested at the hospital. Uh, what are the circumstances of his arrest? Are you aware? Yeah, I mean, we do know that he was um, uh, accompanying the father as they were going to the hospital, although he was not driving. Apparently, there was um, uh, somebody who is not related to the family who was asked to take them to the hospital, and that's uh, 
that's how they got there. And um, but as far as what happened afterwards, uh, apparently this shooter just clammed up right away. Wouldn't give any details to any officers about what exact exactly happened in there. But when the officers went in there, the they found the four people deceased, and then they kind of cleared it so the forensics team can do their job. The press conference today was uh, attended by three individuals, or rather there were three individuals who addressed the media in the press conference, starting with the mayor of Grantsville, then the chief of police, and then it was a spokesperson. During the mayor's comments, he talked much about the community rallying behind and asked uh, that appropriate privacy be given uh, to the family. But in terms of that rallying of support, what, what has the community so far done? Well, I think one thing that was really interesting, whenever we hear about a school shooting or we hear of a, of a child that died in some sort of a violent attack, you hear very frequently about grief counselors. They're going to be at the school uh, helping out the kids who need it. But in this case, the mayor is actually coordinating grief counselors for seriously anybody who might need it, adults, kids, whoever. If they can't go, at the, go toward the school to have their counseling, they can come here. The officials with Valley Mental Health are going to be helping out in the library tomorrow tomorrow between the hours of four and seven and i think that's interesting that um it's being the counseling is being offered to literally everybody for example when we hear about uh um, say a murder in salt lake city uh we hear about the grief counselors in say the victim's schools but we don't hear about the city itself offering grief counselors but in this case he thought well you know a lot of these people know each other very well. It's an extremely tight-knit community. And even though not a lot of people really have asked for this kind of a thing, he said, you know what, I'm just going to have it at the ready just in case people do need it. Some of the rationale behind that, I, I might speculate to say that this is a very tight-knit community, population of, what, 11,000 or so. In fact, the community, this Grantsville, hasn't faced a, a homicide uh, within its borders in some 20 years. This is a, a community uh, that is not familiar with violence at this level, uh, understandably, yeah. and very generous of the uh, of the mayor's office to make that all uh, available. Yeah. And yeah, it's one of those things where even uh, Ka- uh, Corporal Rhonda Field, she said, "Hey, look, man, this is a this is a small city. We don't see crime like this. We haven't seen anything even close to this magnitude in 20 years. So uh, this is one of those things where um, we're still trying to get our handles uh, handle on it. And not only that, but it hurts especially when you see juveniles. And I mean, all you all you really want to do is just protect them. You want to make them safe. You want to keep them safe. But when something like this, you just kind of your heart breaks, and you're just trying to figure out." Why did this happen at all? But, uh, again, right now the biggest question is is why, because they're still trying to piece that together, apparently. Let me ask you this. You're there interacting with these officers. You can see them earlier in the program. I talked about uh, the, the humanity that goes into the job of law enforcement and sometimes the absolute absence of humanity that these officers uh, are forced to uh, witness as part of their jobs. It's a noble job that they do, uh, and part of that nobility uh, exposes them to great, terrible evil. Uh, and again, this is a, a very small community. It's uh, I grew up in a small town. We knew all the cops by their first name. They knew us. They knew our parents. They knew all of our siblings. There's a high likelihood that some of these officers knew these individuals before they face this terrible tragedy from your vantage point and i apologize it's a kind of an odd question but how have you noticed the the police themselves holding up 
Well, the officers that uh, I've spoken with, I've had pretty limited re- interaction with them. And the reason why is because they do uh, the, the whole system about having a, a PIO, a public information officer, is so that we kind of get out of the, each individual cop's hair. Um, uh, because if you have different cops saying different things um, it's, to different reporters, you can get the story just completely muddled and completely off. So, um, but in this case, I can see just the look in the faces of uh, both Chief Enslin and also Corporal Field. They're just kind of looking at this and just kind of still trying to wrap their heads around to what what could have possibly led up to this. So you, you could see right now, uh, so many officers just have that look of just they're baffled, too, just like everyone else. Case Hill News Radio's Paul Nelson. Sir, I'm grateful to you. Uh, and I'm grateful to the uh, to you for the information you've uh, provided us today. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. All right, as Paul Nelson uh, t- speaking on the community's turnout in response to this terrible tragedy. If you make your way over to my Facebook page, I've linked uh, a fundraiser uh, which has been put together and set up by a member of the community out there. It's incredible the generosity which has been uh, made manifest by the the community out there. If I uh, I'm refreshing the page right now, last time I looked, it was uh, over seventy thousand. Right now, it's seventy five thousand eight hundred and forty seven dollars. That sounds like a lot. You might think, oh, that's going to cover it. Uh, but do the math. Uh, there is a father at home right now healing who has to bury his uh, beloved wife and three of his children. Uh, that is not, uh, uh, <laughs> it sounds crass to talk dollars right now, but uh, that, that is not uh, a cheap uh, affair. So any help uh, we could offer him would probably be appreciated. Uh, tonight, and I'll get the details, uh, the specific details on this vigil up on the Facebook page here shortly. But there is a vigil at 7 o'clock at a park there in Grantsville. And uh, there are going to be uh, the guests that everyone in the entire community going to show up. Bring your own candles. Uh, it's going to be uh, a big event out there. 7 o'clock, Grantsville tonight, commemorating uh, the, the memory of these folks lost in this terrible, tragic crime. One more segment on today's program. Uh, you, you remember it's uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It, uh, it's a reason to remember uh, the good doctor and all of his uh, accomplishments and what he has done for this country. We're going to speak with Janetta Williams uh, next. She's going to tell us uh, about uh, an event which has been going on for the past number of hours uh, commemorating uh, the good doctor, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. That's next. You're on Life Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.